0: Today's podcast, I want to talk just for a few minutes about the mass UFO sighting that took place over Chicago O'Hare Airport back on November seventh, two thousand six. This is kind of an interesting case, and it's a case study in how even in in an innocuous case where um, nobody was abducted or there was no uh, you know kind of property damage or no cattle mutilations, nothing like that. People just do not want to report what they've what they seen. And then when it does come out, someone does report anonymously, and uh, the press investigates um, the government and uh, and the corporate corporate people just stonewall it. So what happened was back, it seems to have been around uh, 4.15 or 4.30 in the afternoon, uh, somewhere between six and a half a dozen United Airline employees spotted what they described as a metal saucer-shaped, unidentified flying object approximately 1,500 feet above the ground near gate C-17 at uh, O'Hare International Airport in Chicago, which happens to be the busiest uh, airport in the world. And uh, last year, I think it said that it sent through 102 million passengers went through that airport with uh, just under 900,000 flights. It's a very busy place. And what happened was um, some of the United ground crew, they spotted this UFO, and they weren't actually cons- concerned about it, and reports started going into um, the air traffic control tower. And th- you can watch the interview uh, on History Channel with uh, that particular manager in charge of the tower that day, and you can also listen to John Hicklevich. Uh, he was a guy from the Chicago Tribune that initially reported on this, and he uh, the first article that came out, at the Chicago Tribune, in January of uh, 2007. At any rate, um, the control tower gets wind that there is an unidentified object above the airport, and they start calling around. And it turns out, uh, while he's on the radio uh, calling out to see if anybody's seen it, uh, the aircraft traffic control guy he states on uh, the History Channel that uh, none of the pilots had spotted anything, but a united employee who was taxiing a 777 back to the maintenance uh he gets on the radio and says yeah i'm i'm looking at this saying it's above gate C17 and a bunch of us have seen it so i think that's where a little bit of the confusion comes in at is that you had a maintenance guy taxiing the airplane the 777 back to the maintenance area and some of the reports on it report that it was a pilot that had spotted it but as But as uh, Hilkovich points out in his NPR interview, which you can listen to, it's like a a three-and-a-half-minute interview on the site, uh, no pilots came forward. These are just all anonymous employees. Nobody wanted to be named in this. So what he came up with is what uh, between six and 12 people, six that he talked to, they witnessed a metallic saucer. Uh, approximately 22 feet across some said 6 feet some said 24 feet but uh, around 20 feet uh, in diameter at approximately 1500 feet uh, above the airport and it hoovered up there for anywhere from 5 minutes to 18 minutes depending on who you talk to so after which this thing goes straight up through the clouds And as it went up through the clouds it left a large circular uh, column in the middle of the clouds. This is an overcast day. If you can imagine, it's November uh, There's a heavy cloud cover and below this heavy cloud cover, where this UFO has been sitting at, people are watching it. And then all of a sudden after about, you know, 20 minutes, this thing takes off and it goes straight up and they can see it go straight up. And as it goes straight up, it leaves a hole right through the clouds. Now, on the History Channel documentary, they talked to a a, a physicist and he estimated that to burn away that much cloud cover because they went back and they, uh, through the weather reports, found that there was like uh, a two-mile high uh, blanket of clouds over the airport that day. He said it would have taken uh, 100,000 megawatts, I believe, to burn through that. Anyway, to put that in perspective, he said that if you have a 777 flying, you know, just flat out, just under the speed of sound, and these things weigh like, I don't know, what, 400,000 pounds fully loaded, he said that that airplane will burn up like uh, 60 of these megawatts, whereas the UFO would have taken 100 megawatts to put the hole through the clouds that it did. So you have an object here that's 22 foot wide that's putting out almost twice as much energy as a fully loaded 777. That's pretty impressive when you think about it. So, anyway, it was witnessed by everybody, but the strange thing about this case, I think, is that, you know, trying to investigate a UFO sighting sometimes is like trying to investigate a murder in a gang-infested neighborhood. Nobody wants to talk. And that's how it was in Chicago. Not a single person would come forward and say, yes, I was there. I saw the UFO and then give specifics on it. There were, you know, somewhere between six and 12 people that made anonymous reports, but those people can't be, uh, questioned. And it takes away all the empir- empirical reporting that we need to figure out what's going on with these things. The only person that, that uh, really came forward was the guy who was uh, in charge of the air, air tra- uh, traffic control tower that day. And you can go on to the website ufowarning.com and you'll see a little clip there from uh, the History Channel where they interview this guy, and they ask him flat out, "Did you see nothing? See anything?" No, he didn't see anything. He was very, he was very uh, opposed to the idea of a UFO. I mean, to say the least. And they pointed out to him that their uh, engineers had, had looked at diagrams of the air traffic control tower. And, and they said, look, with that overhanging roof, those air traffic controllers could not have looked up at the right angle to have even been able to see the UFO, where it was at. And they asked him about this. And he just said, no, that's not true. Didn't offer a reason why it wasn't true. And you, you can look at yourself and see that air, this air traffic control tower has overhanging windows. Well why does this guy just automatically refute something with no proof? And it was as if the people interviewing him you know he was put out there to be the, the authority like skeptics are so often in these situations and then nobody cross-examines him. It's just he said it wasn't true so it's not true. You know uh, between six and twelve people on the ground came forward and said yes we saw this thing. But until somebody has enough courage to come forward and say, "This is my name, this is who I am, this is where I' at, where I was at, and this is what I saw, and you can believe it or not believe it. until people have that kind of courage in their beliefs, until they stand up and just be a person and say what they saw, then the skeptics are always going to rule the day. You know they, because, because nobody wants to cross-examine the skeptic, as long as somebody's not there to say, I saw it, so unfortunately in the Chicago case, nobody would come forward and put their name or their reputation on the line. They were perfectly comfortable talking about it to uh, a Tribune reporter off the record, but they didn't want really to be made fun of or or laughed at, so nobody would put their name behind it. But uh, overall, it's an extremely interesting case. Uh, you have to say if something did happen, uh, the 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 uh, explanations that the skeptics offer really don't make sense but i would encourage you to go ahead and look into this a little bit further and uh, it has a lot there's a lot there for us to learn from it and like i said go to the site ufowarning.com check out the links they're they're really fascinating that's all for today folks over and out <laughs>